Hi, I'm James Chisholm from Harlequins Rugby Club, and you're listening to the Loose Heads podcast. Yo, Loose Heads listeners, let's kick it. Stop, turn it up and listen Lisa back with a new conversation Something grabs a hold of me tightly Emotions and fears in the daily and nightly Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know Tackle the sigma and we'll know Come in our clubhouse and set your mind free Cause rugby's a place where I can just be me Cheers Welcome to the Loose Edge Clubhouse podcast. We're recording this on a Monday morning, which has worked out quite nicely because of the timing of the big game. Uh, we, we usually record this on a Friday, so actually we've done quite well to catch catch you on a on a Monday after the big game. But as always, the first question with this podcast comes from our partners over at Talk Club, and that is, how are you today out of 10? <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm probably... I may not look it, but I'm probably about a seven or eight, you know. I'm doing pretty well. I'm a bit sore, but I'm okay. Nice. And for those people obviously listening in, they can't see you, just explain to us a little bit about that cut on your eye or just above your eye. <laughs> yeah, just um, in the big games, went um, accidentally went head on head with one of the, uh, the Chiefs lads and had a nasty cut on my eye. Um, I got fixed up after the game, so I've had a fair few stitches. I look like... Um, Look like a little bit of a boxer, um, but very much not as tough, unfortunately. I love, I love how you use the word "accidentally" there, um, very carefully. <laughs> yeah, you got to be, you got to be so, you got to be so careful. It wasn't my fault, so <laughs> nothing to do with me. Well, how far in the game did that happen? I think it's about 20, uh, 20 minutes in, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the, um, the 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 physio and doctor was very calm, and then I saw the picture after, and I was like, oh my god. Had you have told me that, I would have come off kicking and screaming. I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have stayed on. Wow! So what happens? You uh, you just get stitched up, slap you, slap your bum, and straight back out. Uh, yeah, I got stitched at half time. To be fair, they're they're amazing. They're like I don't know what they're like, but they were incredible. Ten minutes got me got me to a place where I was able to go back on, and then um, after the game was in there for ages. Um, but they were incredible, yeah. Get me straight back on. You look like Terry Butcher with a bandage around your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll do. You you opted for the uh, the strap in rather than the head guard, did you? Yeah, they gave me a head guard and it was absolutely tiny. Uh, I couldn't get on my head. I don't. I don't on like, top of the edge. Yeah, it was sat on top. I had loads of tape around my head as well. So I opted not for that. I mean, I don't like wearing. Uh, head guards anyway but um yeah i wasn't i wasn't keen to do that and uh and ben how are you out of 10 yeah i'm good yeah monday yeah had a good weekend good week literally just chilled out with a with a wife didn't see any rugby which was uh nice because over, over the last few months it's just been rugby 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 so um it's nice to just chill out but uh i was just just thinking about when you went off a pitch james got stitched up and back on that was I did something like that, and it was the end and the start, maybe, of just how far my nose has started to come across my face. Uh, played a game, obviously, and yeah, broke my nose, went off, straightened it. Like, I don't know, doctors did something, straightened it up, went straight back on, and then next collision, smacked it straight again. And then since then, it's moving it further and further to the left. Um, so it was just, uh, yeah, it's about that when you were talking about that. So hopefully. 
your eye heals up nicely, Matt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope so. And uh, and just before we get a little bit deeper in into the big game, um, each week is the the guest from the episode before leaves a question to be answered on on the next episode. So last week we had a really good chat with Heather Fisher, but her question to you is completely random. Actually, it's not rugby related at all, and it's. Do you have any plants? And if so, do you name them? Um, I do have a few plants. Um, I don't name The short answer is no, I don't name them. <laughs> um, all the plants I have, right, my mum every year buys me plants and they die. The two out the front of my house die. Don't buy me plants. <laughs> I, don't, I won't keep them. I won't keep them healthy. Just don't buy me any. But no, I, w- I, I wouldn't name them. No, you wouldn't. How come? No. Just because they're going to die. Well, then, yeah, yeah, I don't want to get emotionally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> you call them a name, that's the first step, isn't it? And then they'll die. That's right. I had, I had a little look into this because I saw um, saw, yeah, saw the episode, saw the question. I thought, yeah, have a look into this. And it said, is there, is a rule, is a fundamental rule you have to give them a first name and a second name. Oh, really? The plants. Yeah, um, it's more scientific because of the the species of plant, and then um, um, something else for the first name. But um, yeah, but also like you said, if as soon as you give them a first and second name, and you give them a name that you actually have a relationship with, like I don't know, mother-in-law or something like that, um, <laughs> then yeah, you have to look after them a little bit better. Then yeah, um, but yeah, it's interesting. You've probably done your research there. Properly done your research. Yeah, yeah I was just then. having a look, and because uh, my my missus names all these plants, she never looks after them, but uh, I have to. But uh, yeah, you do do get attached. To so them, what right? have you got? What what names have you got for your plants? Oh, there's one called Bertie, <laughs> Bertie Patch up there, and literally he was dying through the winter, and I was panicking. <laughs> I was like, no. So I'm, I've got a little spray gun now. Go around every morning, give it a couple of shots. Yeah, he's uh, surviving. Brilliant, up, brilliant. Doing well. A lot, lot of responsibility, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Between that and the cat, kids would be yeah, be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and as it's Monday morning, I thought we'd kick this podcast off with a quiz. But I've renamed it the Chiz Quiz. What do we think? The yeah. what quiz? The Chiz Quiz. <laughs> the Chiz Quiz. The chi- <laughs> <laughs> so I've come up with five questions from a range of sports. Um, the first one. So question one: Cheers. The F1 season started this weekend in Bahrain. Red Bull took top spots with Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez finishing first and second. Who took the final final podium spot in third for his new team? Oh my god! I watched I watched this over Will Evans' shoulder as well. Ooh. I thought you were going to give me who won one and two, and I would have snapped that up. Yeah, it was quite. This one was quite know. big. This one was quite big because he. He sort of he took third for his new team. Aston Martin, there's a yeah, clue. I was, just, I was new team. I was like, I'd never heard of it. Who's got the new team? Ford. Uh, so, so he's joined the new team, which is Aston Martin. There you go. There's another clue. Oh, okay. I have no idea. Okay. Who that it's is. Fernando Alonso. Fernando Alonso. Uh, there you go. Okay. Me as well. I should know that. Question two: Drive to Survive has been the vehicle behind the F1 growth in recent years. As a result, we've seen a few similar. Netflix documentaries in a range of sports, including tennis and golf. What is the name of the new golf show on Netflix? Oh, he's, he's not getting it. <laughs> what golf show? <laughs> right. sports? Why don't you ask me cricket? Well, to be fair, cricket is next. So the, the, the answer to that is full swing. Question three, on to cricket. Okay. England are currently oh, on God. tour in Bangladesh. 
England beat Bangladesh in the second ODI on Friday, but which English player hit 132 to lead England to victory? Oh, I don't know that oh. either. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. To be fair, you could take an educated guess. Yeah. Because it, was, it wasn't the new lad, was it? It wasn't, no. I'll go, uh, I'll go Joe Root, shall I? Oh, it's Jason Roy. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Question four. <laughs> Question four. My beloved Liverpool beat Manchester United yesterday. Well, not just beat them, yeah. they battered them 7-0. And Mo Salah became Liverpool's all-time leading Premier League scorer with 129 goals. But who did he overtake? <laughs> I watched that as well. Robbie Fowler. Yes, he's in. Yeah. Yes, he's in. And final question, question number five. Sale Sharks beat Saracens yesterday in the Gallagher Premiership, but can you tell me the final score? Was it 35-24? Correct. Boom, yeah. smashed it. That Two out boot. of five. You'll take that. Um, After yeah, the start yeah, that you yeah, took. Right. <laughs> I, only, I, I, what, I gave the Liverpool-Man United game the whole, the whole way through and after because I just wanted to see Roy. Yeah. All I wanted was Roy at the end. Yeah, I thought there was going to be a bust up in the in the studio. Yeah, he looks so. He just even when he's not talking, you're like, oh, he's furious. <laughs> what happened for the bust up? What, what was that? I thought it was going to be Sooness and Neville. They them two were sort of going at it, weren't they? They were proper yeah, going for it. That was that was good as well. Yeah, as a Liverpool fan, it was quite entertaining to see Neville. He always nibbles. That's the thing. He always nibbles. Yeah, they're so they're so passionate, aren't they? They're, it's just. Because when you do rugby, it's like try and not be biased, try and pretend like you don't play for either, and then those lot, yeah, it's yeah. Just, it, it, it's class. They get so into it, so upset. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, I guess that that final question is the perfect segue to talk more about the Gallagher Premiership by chatting about the big game that was this weekend: Harlequins versus Exeter at Twickenham. Cheers. The perfect game doesn't exist. Oh wait, perfect, perfect, wasn't it? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it uh yeah, it probably was. Um oh, it was great. You know, it's amazing to play there. For guys that don't play international rugby, to get to play there once a year with sixty thousand people on Saturday. Um atmosphere is amazing. Uh most of the lads love playing Exeter, like love what they're about. They're not quite in the place that they want to be, but for us, oh, it was incredible. Great way to kind of hopefully kick us into the back end. And yeah, some incredible tries, which is what we're all about. Yeah, and I, I guess one thing I wanted to ask you is is how cool it is to do that walk across from the stoop to Twickenham on match day. Yeah, like really, really, <clears throat> excuse me, really special. Because so, there's so many people just line it. Like, it is cool, like headphones out, try and soak it up. The last two times I've actually been left behind. <laughs> I, faff, I faff about at the stoop. So I've been left behind and kind of the crowd, you, you, you get lost in the crowd, but that's almost nicer. Um, it's a really special part of being a Harlequin. And I think from my experience at other clubs, it's very, sorry, having played against other clubs, it is yeah. very, very different to anything that's out there in terms of atmosphere and kind of love, I guess. The the fans love for the club. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um, <clears throat> I. I... Yeah, that's one thing I, I've noticed from Quinns. Like, I've done a little bit with the, the Quinns women's and just that relationship, firstly, with everyone. It's, it's, it's virtually a family, isn't it? And that's not just the men's team. That's everything from the academy to um, to the women's. And then the integration then with the fans is incredible. And you can see that from 
yeah, everyone lying in the streets. And it's, it's like the type of thing you see in France, isn't it? Like the, the Toulon crowd. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And it's, uh, yeah, I think, um, like you said, the love for kind of all the teams, the, the kind of <clears throat> investment to follow everyone and watch everyone and be invested in everyone's development. And like you said, like you see the videos of the lads in France and we're probably a few flares away from being that kind of atmosphere, which is actually amazing. It is a great, even the Stoop is such a great place to play. And how does it feel? What are you yeah. feeling as you're walking down the street? Obviously, you say you take your earphones out to soak it all up. What are you feeling? What's the uh, the emotions going through you? That's good. Yeah, good question. Uh, to be honest, yesterday I was quite calm. Like um, it does, just get you very, very excited. Yeah, you just get it's get it's hard to put into words. Like you do, just get real pumped up, like really excited. The lads are very, very calm, and and we do mess about before the game, so that isn't lost. So it is a very nice part of it to walk over, be calm, um, excited, and ultimately you're going to play at Twickenham. So that kind of gives you a kick. Um, there is a bit of nerves, obviously, but the support element just gets you pumped up. Yeah, yeah you can see that in the yeah. first 20 minutes. An unbelievable start, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, just thinking now, as you're walking across, it's a good little way to do some marketing, isn't it? You can, you can, you can have some sort of like wacky clothes or something like that, or a sign behind you, <laughs> all the cameras on you. It's a good way to, to yeah, get some extra coin in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, everyone would have seen. Joe, where is Juventus? Um, kit to the five years ago. I'm not sure he was he was um, pushing people to support Juventus, but uh, <laughs> I think yeah, it's not it's not a bad it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm sure that's what the Americans were probably would have done. The NFL lads. <laughs> yeah, There's some some unbelievable performances um, from you guys, Quinn's players. You know, Nick David, Jack Cunningham, you cheers. But of course, it was Marcus Smith who picked up. Uh, you know the player of the match there was a, a lot of noise surrounding him going into the match but what better way to deal with all of that pressure um you'll know him more than most but how was he sort of in those sort of days leading up to the match yeah I think I hope that it comes across and like what you see is we get I, I watch the game back on BT and see him after the game and he loves it like he genuinely loves Harlequins and he loves rugby so coming back for a lot of people, it is disappointing and they might be knackered and so on and so on. But for him, it's just like he's not been anywhere. He wants yeah. to win. Definitely. He is such a big part of our attack that he comes straight back in. Um, and you do, you know, he is one of the best players in the world. So he does bring an element of confidence to the squad, to the backs especially. And he is incredibly talented. So you are kind of like, well, we've got this guy, so we'll probably be all right. Back in back in the day, for all like the older listeners uh, listening, back in the day, the seven and the ten, your relationship was you are the protector of the ten. Is that still apparent? I do still look after Marcus because everyone's trying to put a shot on him to try and put him off his game. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously like um, it's harder it's harder to do stuff like that now. Um, but I think um, uh, <laughs> I think like you, de- you you definitely would try. Like you do, just see him as this young kid, and I, um, I went to school with him, so I would have seen him kicking when he was in what, like year eight, mate. What would he have been like, thirteen, twelve, maybe, maybe a bit older. So I've known him for a long time. Uh, so it's a bit, it's a bit of a strange one to see this young guy come in and just um, boss it. But again, like like you saw yesterday, I think everyone backs that guy. Everyone backs the decisions, and if it came to yeah, trying to protect him, I'd give it a good go. <laughs> Class. 
And it was it was called the big game. Was there a big night out that followed? Not for me, unfortunately. Um, a few <laughs> lads, yeah, a few a few lads got in amongst it. Um, an infamous place in on Clapham High Street got a few of the lads in there. Um, but not not for me. What's really really nice is when we play at Twickenham, we can walk back to the stoop because there's no members there. There's no this and no that. We can get in the members bar and family and friends are in there. What's a nice part of I think rugby and sport and especially Harlequins is you've got you know kids. You've got in a Herbst in-laws over from South Africa that are in there soaking it up. First experience of Twickenham, so on and so on. And that's such a nice part of it. Um, and then there's a few free pints in there, so lads get stuck in and then head out. <laughs> Who's the best on the beers? <sighs> that is a great question. Um, there's a few good, there's a few really good men in there. There's that, that, that kind of age, that young age group. We've got a lot of young men. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Nick, Nick David's very fun. He's a good man. As um, I'd probably go Jack Musk and Jack Stafford, two of the, wow. the yeah. not not the stalwarts of the of the team, but very very good men, very good club men. Get stuck in, very good fun. Um, yeah. So if you're, if you're stuck with them on a in a pub, you're having a you're having a fun time. Is there is there anything <laughs> traditional the Quins do post game as well? Obviously, you see a lot of clubs that if they win, they they're singing after, or they're having a few little beers after. Is there anything significant that you do that? Or, well, you can share with us. Yeah, I mean, the short answer is not really. Um, we've got a few weird. I guess they'd be traditions now. We've got a few not weird ones, but kind of ones you wouldn't suspect. We get um, the lads, Joe Marchant. Uh, you might have seen in one of Danny Care's interviews, we played ABBA before. Was it ABBA? No, we played something before. Oh, it's Raining Men before the game. And March is singing his head off, jumping around. Um, he pushes Taylor Swift and uh, ABBA off the game. So we play two of their songs and everyone goes ballistic. You imagine, like, <laughs> everyone at the game will come in. So you 30, 40 massive rugby blokes blasting, gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight after a win. Um but that's about it, really. And then a few beers, chat. That's the nice part of rugby. You've still got that element of, you know, you have a drink with your mates, you chat, get the opposition in if if they fancy it and have a chat with them, which is such a nice part of it. Yeah. I have this uh, I have this theory. It's a fairly new theory that every single rugby player loves a bit of Taylor Swift. Yeah. There's not, <laughs> don't. I've not met many men that don't like Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, that's fair <laughs> <point>. Yeah. <laughs> uh. New new album out, you know. Get it on, get it on, get it on, get, get it on. Get. <laughs> and you mentioned there about the rugbyness um, of the other team, and in in true rugby fashion, you may have seen it, you may not have seen it, but Exeter Chiefs tweeted after the game saying, "Sometimes you have to say the best side won, and not only that, today they won handsomely. Congratulations, Harlequins!" And that's that's rugbyness. We have that word at loose heads. We call it rugbyness, but that's just really nice, isn't it, to see? Yeah, I think they. As a club, they handle themselves incredibly well. They hang their hat on a couple of really great traits, I think. Um, ooh, a bit of post. Um, a couple of great, <laughs> couple of great, couple of great traits. Of, you know, heavy that did, <laughs> Yeah, that was scary, wasn't it? It's, yeah. it's rough. It's rough round here in Surrey. You never know. <laughs> uh, it's um, you know a couple of great traits. You know, working hard, humility. Um, and that was summed up in that tweet. And, and to be honest, any time Rob Baxter goes in the media after playing us, he is very, very complimentary and, and seems 
just like a good good rugby man, which is important. And and like you said, that tweet was a nice touch. I did see it yesterday, so fair yeah. play to them. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess momentum. You mentioned it there, but um, that that win sort of sets you up nicely for the rest of the season. And momentum is everything in sport. Do you think that that's the result you needed going into the final stretch of the season? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you know, we needed, we probably needed this two games ago, two Premiership games ago, anyway. But it's a huge springboard. You know, you need to be in this block with lads going and and your best players going. Ultimately, if we're honest. You need to be in a position to kind of sneak in if, if unless you're a, you know, you're a Saracens or a Sale, you've been incredibly consistent. So we just need to do well enough to be in the mix. Like I said, momentum's key. That's what got us there in 21. We won that first game post having lost um, Guzzi. And it, it, it just, yeah. it's a massive springboard of like, we can do this. Um, but yeah, you know, we're looking, we haven't been that consistent, which is kind of, sums up who we are and the nature of how we play and the crazy stuff we do and even the game on Saturday you saw it but we're just looking to sneak in now and I think that suits us yep. perfectly yeah I also think the 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 type of weather you're going to get now in the next few months as well is going to suit you so you, as a team now are you excited looking forward knowing the tracks are going to get quicker um and it's this is your time time of year really isn't it was it you're four points away from Sec third is it? Um, so and game in hand as well. So yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting. I bet leading forward now next few weeks. Yeah, it's very exciting. I think a lot of people have felt the pressure. Um, but like you said, the weather's going to get a bit better. We're coming into a time where it will suit us a lot. We've got a few lads back fit. Um, Stefan Levis coming back on Saturday was a huge help. He's such an experienced guy and very calm, which does does help a lot. Yeah, we're just looking to to kick on now and and play some some crazy stuff, like you said. The summer does really suit us a lot, um, so we'll see we'll see what kind of rugby we're playing in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't just your match on Saturday uh, at Twickenham because it was Harlequins versus Exeter in the Allianz Premier Fifteens beforehand, and it's been announced that the the fifteen thousand four hundred twenty people there watching is actually a new world record for women's club rugby. How important is it to have the women's team involved at the big game as well? Yeah, it's amazing. Like um, quite friend, quite good friends with with one or two of them. I think they're really excited for it. As, as everyone was. I think um, we're really doing some good stuff in terms of the women's game, which is fantastic. I think it's a really fast-growing sport, which, again, is great. And it's nice to be a bit of a lead in, or the or Harlequins be a, a bit of a lead in that. The opportunity to play at Twickenham is incredible, and we've done that for a long time. Well, we've done that for a few years with the women, and we've set... Yeah set a few records which is which is awesome and we you know we got to walk out and watch a little bit of it and the atmosphere seemed seemed really really good girls got stuck in so I think um my belief from the outside which might not be true is the game is in a great place for the women and it's only going to get better I was just going to say, you know, whenever I've seen you speak, cheers, in, in interviews and videos, you've always been very supportive of the women's game and it's really nice to see men's players be cheerleaders for the women's game as well um do you think you know the, the more that we see men's players come out and support the game the quicker um the acceleration of the growth of the women's game is is going to continue i think like i've got you know i've got a few strong opinions about 
women's sport and the game and how you'd grow it. But ultimately, like I'm not, I'm not in it. I think the more support you can get, the better. And if that's us yeah. getting stuck into it and coaches going across or that being a part, a genuine pathway, like that would be awesome. Like who doesn't want to see the, you know, good men's and women's coaches in that sport? Who doesn't want to see good competitive rugby, which is what you're getting in um, that that Premier 15s and the international stuff? So I think um, if 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 the lads can support, that's great. But ultimately, you need to get you need to get a fan base involved. You need to get a new fan base involved in young girls. Get people playing rugby because. Harlequins men have have a have a fan base. They have their membership. They have their season tickets. Do you need to invite more people? Are you trying to get the same same people and so on? So I think like just like like we've said, building it is so so important, and getting new people into rugby is also massively important. And if the lads can get stuck in and help, then even better. Yeah, it's it's awesome when when you go to to those games. As you said, it's a totally new fan base as well, and it's just it helps both both sides of the game, men's and women's, and. Uh, yeah, seeing like as you said, fifteen thousand people there watching the women's game is is incredible, and the the, the level as well is is class. I love love watching the, the Quinns uh, women's play. It's uh, it's always obviously uh, disappointing to lose, but mm. yeah, historically they're, they're such a good team to watch, and they play the same way as as as, yeah, as you guys as well, which is which is nice. Yeah. You know, you're going to get the same type of product. It's fast, it's quick, it's entertaining. And um, what also I love about uh, Quinns, and I said earlier about you being a family, is I remember going to do some coaching with the, with the women's, and all of a sudden this, I see Tabby fully suited up in the, in the um, in one of the rooms, and a few of the the outside backs uh, women's team were just putting some shots on him, and he was going through some tackle technique with them, which is awesome. Adam Jones then was going through some scrum, mm. so and this was in the evening. This was. 7.30 in the evening as well after their, their day of coaching. So it's, it's amazing to see that integration and help and support um, yeah, as, as much as, as they can as a team. So that was, that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it is, well, it is well good. And I think it's nice. Oh, we've always, I think to the best of my knowledge, since the this kind of premier t- Premiership 15 has been going, we've always been on the same site. So I think that is very helpful. Um, you know, I've done a few bits with the back rowers. My eldest brother, Ross, is coached there near near enough full time well every you know every tuesday that he can get to he does which is also great like you said wow. bombs out there doing the scrums tabai's getting whacked about in the gym um <laughs> which you you got you got to hope is is the kind of the kind of development that people would just grab a hold of and and go with it yeah yeah, and it's it's actually International Women's Day later this week. It's Wednesday, um, so it's it's quite nice that we've we've sort of touched on that. But we've we've also got at loose ends a big video piece that I'd probably say is the best piece of content that we've ever produced. So for those oh, wow. listeners, keep an eye out for that one later this week. And um, we spoke about that word there, family, and and being a you know a Harlequins player. I just want to talk to you a little bit about that, Cheers. And I want to ask you the question: sort of, what is Harlequins to you? Um... That's a good question. <laughs> I think, um, I think for, for a lot of it, like what you see is what you get. Like it's a very, very fun, fun environment. It is very unique, and it always has been. And that's such a special part of who we are and what we are. It lets it, it does let us down at times, but it, it's all kind of the 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 part and parcel of it. Of there's a lot of mavericks. There's a lot of fun. Ultimately, you are going to get stuff wrong sometimes. In the nature of we play. 
but you know I've been a part of it for almost 10 years now the kind of growth of the club has been immense it's been a really special place to me and ultimately it's like I said it's been a lot of fun that's if, if it all ended tomorrow I'd be like what would sum it up like it's it's just been so fun um and I think that's so important and I truly believe if you enjoy an environment enjoy your work you will work harder and get more out of it um I still think I still think rugby's got a bit of a way to go of like old school versus that mentality but I think we really really get a lot of that right which makes it such a special place yeah, can I can I just ask what what do you mean by fun? What what does um what does that mean altogether? Um, I think the element of well, there's a few layers to it of enjoy you know enjoy. It's not just like we sack off training and play footy. We do play football in warm ups, which is hilarious. Um, some lads are terrible, and I'm included in that. <laughs> there, you know, there's the element of element of that. We try and have socials and that's not just after games going out and getting and drinking it's can we have we extend lunch can we can we get to know one another a bit better our chef makes cakes on the the big days and coffee and cake morning um there's not many clubs that would do that because ultimately is that going to make you better at rugby most people from the outside be like no but can you connect with people better can you get to know people better the way we play is very much reflected in the way we train and that is fun like it's fun, it is fun working hard, enjoying, there's fun and enjoyment. I enjoy, we enjoy working hard if it's relatable. We play a lot of touch games, numbers down, throwing a ball about, doing crazy stuff. And that is hard work, but that is very enjoyable for the group that we have. And I think the way we play, the way we train reflects who we are and who we have in the organisation. And that element of it, is great fun and again we come back to the video of march singing what was it raining men that is amazing there's no there's no input from the coaches pre-game until the warm-up there's no this that the other it's it's us running that changing room and that is incredibly fun I mean, I love it. It's not for everyone, but I love it. <laughs> but Qu- Quinn's Quinn seem to breed one club men, and I guess that's exactly why you know you, you've just explained it there. It's, it's a fun place to go and work every day, but that's that, that's building a bit of a culture. That's building a a good environment for people to come and express themselves and be themselves, and that's how you get the best out of people on the pitch. Yeah, I think so. Again, like I said, I really truly believe. If you can make it enjoyable, make it fun, create an element of trust up and down, which is very hard, and we don't always get that right, people will work harder, buy into it, and ultimately, if people can trust one another, then you get more out of them because they've got to physically hurt themselves for you, ultimately, on a rugby pitch. Yeah, and no, I, I, I was just thinking when you were talking then, that's why I asked you more, uh, about the more in-depth of fun, because I know... I know, I know you don't mean as in you're, you're always having, I don't know, like cutting training down and doing wild fun things. But what I was trying to get is what exactly what you explain is you enjoy those small moments and especially with Quinns as well, they allow you to have creativity and that's in your play, but you accept that it's going to be really hard and you're going to work hard for each other. But it's having those small moments, like you said, after the game or having your little cake club and stuff that those are the times you can have fun and uh, enjoy and that, that makes it 
the place so special so and it's, it makes sense that you do get so, such a, um, a higher number of people staying there for such a long time yeah I think like there's no shying away from rugby is an incredibly tough sport mm. you know we're still mauling and scrumming and and um, the the touch games that I've said are fun are hard work uh, yeah. they're not always that fun but it, it's it's the other stuff that we get right and the element of who are Harlequins okay, they're this. So we have to reflect that in what we're doing. And Tabai was the right man for that job to reflect the kind of human side of it, which we've we've got really right. Um, but yeah, we're not sacking off training to go and play, to go and drink coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talking about the football there, did you see that that screamer that managed to Alangi scored in England training? <laughs> no. Did, did you see actually? that? You could, yeah, he, uh, the ball came out to him. Yeah, the ball came out to him. He volleyed it. It goes top bins. That is like, class, <laughs> isn't it? Did not expect that from Tuolangi. That is actually class from him. I wonder how many takes that was. I wonder how long they're playing for. <laughs> yeah, quite days probably. Days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cheers. One thing I want to ask you about is something that you've described as the best day of your life. Not winning the Premiership final, not that stupidly good comeback against Bristol in the semi-final, not even your Quinn's debut, but meeting Sean Dyche. Tell us more about that. Day of my life. It was so good. <laughs> it was so, so good. It's uh, I knew. So I got told like three weeks before. So we went through a period of trying to get um, people in to talk to us. And a lot of them were involved in football. We, we were so lucky. Um and I'd done the November the 4th, but no mem- November before, obviously shaved to look like him, wore the suit and the suit and Burnley tie, took a few pictures that were on the internet that looked like him. So I knew I knew two weeks before and I had to bottle it up. There's only like four people knew and I was one of them. And I had to bottle it up so hard. And we'd gone to, I think well, we'd gone to Ibiza the weekend before so you can imagine what was happening there. Like I'm putting this suit on in the phys- in the physio room, sweating, and then he just comes in. It's just like it's so nice to meet you. That you genuinely don't know how how much this means to me. <laughs> he had to tell me he had to tell me to calm down like three times. Like I was so sweaty, and I was just loving it. Uh, and I think you see the rea- the reaction of the room, like how much the lads loved it. Um, yeah, and he is obviously if you because I I don't know much about football. I, I don't know if you thought I was just an idiot, but I didn't. <laughs> I tried to do as much research as I could before. But for the lads that like football, like he's a fast, he's a fascinating man. Like what he did at Burnley um, for years with a, a small budget and you know not necessarily the best guys in the world. He was so interesting. He's so humble, um, and he looks a lot like me. So it was well funny. <laughs> <laughs> you played it down there. You were you were actually you're standing up in front of all the lads, weren't you? In a in a yeah. suit, a Burnley gonna... tie, and you addressed the lads in a meeting and you said that you had a special guest. And that was followed up by you just going, It's the real Sean Dyche. And everyone looked a bit perplexed, like that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. And then he just turns up. It's him. Yeah, he was there. So I Guzzy was like, mate, I'll get him going and then I'll introduce Sean Dyche, which will be you. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, do whatever you want and then introduce him. So I come in, like, do a full... I'm in a suit. I do, like, a forward roll. <laughs> I'm screaming my head off. I remember um, I'd said hello. Santiago Garcia Botta had joined that day. <laughs> and um, his English is very good. But um, 
uh, Argentinian's a Spanish speaker. He yeah. sat there like, what is going on? <laughs> um, I've done a forward roll up next to him. I'm screaming my head off. <laughs> Football manager walks in. <laughs> I just remember Santi just being like, "What is what is, what is this place?" Um, and everyone went wild though, like absolutely wild. Yeah, I think they just knew how special it was to me that he <laughs> he was there. Um, and like I said, like the lads love footy, so they're like, "Oh my god, this is this is incredible." Um, and he was the fir- he was probably the most famous speaker that we'd had. Um, especially in that series, because we had a few really good managers come in after. But yeah, I was like, the, um, what did I say? It's like, guys, it, it's to, it, I was like, the meeting's not about me. It's about um, a really good friend of mine. It's James Chisholm lookalike, Sean Dyche. And then everyone's <laughs> kind of like, and then when they saw him, they went ballistic and the videos out there, the last metal. That's incredible. <laughs> Brilliant. That's brilliant. So, what um, I, I've I've listened to Sean Dyche on the High Performance Podcast, and it's genuinely one of the best podcasts I yeah. think I've listened to. Yeah. He's he's genuinely a great bloke. And what what sort of after meeting him, what sort of wisdom did you take from him? What what sort of what advice did you take from him? To be honest, I wish I could do it again. Like I've listened to that podcast. Yeah. I listened to him. I think with Peter Crouch maybe as well on his. Yeah. And I would love to have done it again. Um. I just think you again. You, I've said this phrase a lot, but like what you see is what you get. He's very much no nonsense. He's like we're doing it this way, but like I said, he's very down to earth, nice man, good personal skills. So I believe that that would be easy to buy into, and he does it a certain way, and and he creates that environment that you know he's gone to a lot of clubs that it's it's more about not losing, it's more about not losing rather than winning which is a tough thing to get to do and uh he was he was fascinating what did, what did i take from it was probably that that you know he, he he obviously is he's portrayed as a very tough man but he's got his standards he sticks to them and he demands buy-in which i can really respect yeah each um each guest that comes on will set them a challenge and i think this is a perfect chance for us to get sean dyche wearing a loose heads top so I reckon that as a, as a three, us three on this on this podcast, it's our challenge to try and get Sean Dyche in a loose head oh top. God. We can give it a good go, <laughs> can't we? Uh, I, I used to I used to tweet Burnley and uh, a few air lads <laughs> loads, and no one would ever used to tweet Burnley. No one would ever reply to me. So we can give it a go. Yeah, let's give it a go. Come on, we've got this. We can we've do got this. this. He knows who I am. Yeah, surely he remembers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And something I guess, um, you know, you mentioned about having a few speakers in there. And something we talk a lot about at Loose Heads is, and, and specifically on this podcast uh, with players, is, is life after rugby. So I guess these guest speakers are what gives some of the players that inspiration to think about life after rugby and, and focus on something outside of rugby. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about something that you're doing outside of rugby. I see you have a, a business called Chockey Nut Pot. Let's talk about, let's talk about that. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, you bang on. Uh, Chucky Nut Pot, I think it was born in 2019. Um, my middle brother, Ali, who who doesn't play rugby, he just had this idea to basically make healthy snacks at work. Um, and instead of, you know, making a bar, he put in a pot. And his colleague was like, can you bring me some? And he came home and was like, we could sell these. And I was like, nah, we probably can't. Um <laughs> And then we went from there and it, it is it is what it what it says. It's a kind of mix of 
chocolate, nuts, um, kind of, yeah, 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 healthier products, protein in there. Because um, he was a very healthy, or he is a very healthy, active guy, eats very well. And it was born from that, basically. And like we, we love it. We think it's really got legs. It's, it's very much in a growth phase. Um, but no, like you said, it is, it is powerful to have that ongoing outside of rugby and just try and learn off him, try and learn kind of that industry uh, and just do a bit more outside. And, and ultimately, like I love people. I love all of my hobbies. They usually revolve around people. So going to events, meeting people, um, yeah, chat, chatting away to people in the industry, that really suits me, and I find it very interesting. So it's been great. Have you tried it, Rob? I've not. I've not. Oh, that's good. It is good. Yeah. Oh, Ben, you tried it? <clears throat> yeah, I went to um, a fitness event, Turf Games in uh, where was it? In, uh, Ealing, Ealing? Uh, yeah. last year, yeah, yeah and, they, and they were yeah giving them out. Um, yeah, it was quality. Loved it. That's yeah, great. A little yeah. touch. Tell everyone. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we, we obviously think it's great, and with those protein products, it's hard to get. I mean, they all taste like cardboard. They taste mm-hmm. like dusty cardboard, and it's really hard to get right. So we really think we've got something that's great. Um, so that's really nice to hear. And uh, how, where, where do you go as in, like, are you looking to get into a, like, a, a, a superstore? Or is it just all online? How do you run your, run your business? No, I mean, we're trying to, yeah, we're trying to get into large retail, so it would be a supermarket. Um, you know, we set our goals pretty high just because it, 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 the old cliche of, what was the old, what's the cliche, shoot for the stars, you'll land on the moon or whatever it is. If we can go big and it doesn't necessarily work out, we kind of work backwards. Um and get it into gyms and cafes and this, that, the other. But yeah, we're trying to get into retail. Like I said, we're in a bit of a growth phase. So we're trying to redesign, tighten a few things up, improve the shelf life. Because it's, it's one of those, in, we didn't know anything about the industry and we've got some good contacts, but you just don't know what you don't know. And, yeah. and people are coming in and be like, it's got this in it, that color's not going to catch you. This is the data that backs that up. And you're like, this is incredible that you yeah, don't yeah. know any of this stuff yeah is, is, is there something that quinn's help you with as well with like the um, like the business side and helping you develop things outside of rugby is that something that quinn's do yes they do uh, and they'd be very willing to try and link you up with the right person in the right industry and work experience this that the other um but it's very much on the individuals to try and you know carve out where they want to go, who they want to meet. Because we're so fortunate being a London club that mm. it's obviously certain industries, but there's a lot of industries there that you could shake someone's hand on a Saturday, go in for work experience yeah. the next Wednesday and have a have a job in a few years and, and earn good money and so on and so on. Obviously, everything in between is, is hard work. But we were so fortunate of um, Ross played with Ollie Cohn, who's um, yep. Jolly Hogg. Uh, one fourth owner with his brothers and his dad and uh, we linked up with him a lot he's been fantastic judith bachelor who's now on the board of the rpa is a season to get older quinn's she formerly worked at sainsbury's her husband worked at mars so it, it's just you know yeah. linking up with these great people that are so keen to help you because they've played rugby love rugby so on and so on um so the club has been fantastic in in creating that network that's just there 
and, and they want to help, which has been so, so nice that you meet people. And some people can't help, unfortunately, but you can sit down talk to somebody and they'll try and help you as best they can, which, which is really powerful. Uh, and it's, e it's easy. People love rugby. So if you're out there, people, it's, it's easy. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed being, uh, I lived in London for about five years. Um, and as soon as you mentioned rugby, it's like, oh yeah, um, yeah, my, my, my mate played rugby. I have a chat with him and he own yeah, he, or he or she has a link somewhere else. And the networking is incredible, uh, especially if you mention the word uh, rugby. So it just shows like once you're in that rugby family, it's, uh, and, and, you, and, you, and you like talking, like communicating, like networking as well. It, it helps massively. And um, I, I only asked about the Quins because there's so many players in your team now that have different businesses. Mm. And um, it's, it's awesome to see. It's like, it's, yeah. And it makes sense that people out just outside of London as well, a club outside of London is uh, is taking a massive advantage of that as well, which is which is cool. Yeah, I think like we're in a great position. Our, uh, one of our main sponsors in London, Charles Stanley is in London, wealth management, which lots of guys are interested in. Um, even even the coaching jobs, you know, there's a lot with with being quite blunt. There's a lot of money in this area of the world, and the lads that coach around here, you can earn a good living, and that sets you up so nicely to then float into that post rugby. Um, yeah. There's always coaching jobs available, schools, clubs around here that play at good level. It's just the case of finding the right person to talk to and, and getting your foot in the door. Absolutely. No, it's just fascinating and best of luck for um, the, the business venture. Yeah. Really, really great work. I'll have to try it as well. Yeah, please. Um, it's good. It's good. It. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, on to the silliness at the end of this podcast. So we've got a few community questions that have come through on Instagram. Um, the first one, starting with Bendy Ben. He asks, if rugby and cricket didn't exist, what sport would you play slash excel at? Oh, my God. Um, I don't excel at cricket. I like it, but I'm used <laughs> I'd play... I, I, oh, I'd probably play five-a-side, you know, football. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be terrible, but yeah. small pitch would suit me. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I love a bit of five-a-side. Second question, Dominic Terry, what size boots do you wear? <laughs> Um, what do, uh, 11 and a half <laughs> Ralph Day this is cricket again yeah cover drive or clip through to mid-wicket he's a good friend of mine I'd go clip I'd go clip through I think Ralph and another good friend of yours Charlie Beckett yeah great man uh, what's the difference between jam and the marmalade can't, unfortunately I can't say that on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> It's quite a rude joke, but the actual difference is, I looked up the difference once, because people ask me this question a lot, and I have to go, I can't answer that. Jam, traditionally, was made from sweet British fruits, whereas marmalade is made from bitter Spanish oranges. Wow. So there you go. There you go. It's quite a cool fact, isn't it? That is a good fact. Fact of the day, that. Um, thought of the week, which is actually called the Pensive Pre-Pod Poo Ponder which is sponsored by Sam James, another another yes. pal of yours. Great man. Yeah. You know Sam James really well. He's yeah. full of these sort of, well, it's either bizarre or it's pure genius. You decide. <laughs> He's got a question for you. So I will, um, I'll play it down the mic now. If you had to swim across a pool, um, you had to swim 15 metres, but the pool is 30 metres wide. Um, would you rather swim across it with three crocodiles in or one hippo? Um catch it is you've got to dive in 
Um, so it will make some sort of splash, but the other side is a slope out, as in you're getting out onto a pitch. <laughs> Pure genius. That is so... There's a few variables I need to know. How deep is it? Don't hippos run on... Do they run <laughs> underwater or do they swim? They, they swim fast, yeah. They swim. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't think I'm outrunning any of them. <laughs> I, I am a good swimmer, though. I think I've got to go 30, 30 metres of line. Let's, let, no, I think it was... Let me, let's, let's listen again. If you had to swim across a pool... Um, you have to swim 15 metres, but the pool is 30 metres wide. So you have to swim 15 metres across, but it's 30 metres wide. 15, one five, yeah? One five, yeah. yeah one I'd, five. I'd go for that. It's not too bad. I'd go for that Yeah, against the hippo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take what do you reckon, Ben? I'd take it on. Oh, Yeah, well, if you go anywhere near that hippo, he's... he's yeah. Taking you apart. They're incredibly oh, yeah. territorial as well, aren't they? So once you smack yeah. in, it's after you. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. <laughs> Pure genius or bizarre from Sam? You choose. Mm. Um, and finally, what is your question for the start of the podcast with our next guest? It can be about rugby or it can be complete bonkers question. I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> Just the way I'm going to, how would I phrase it? So I, I, I own um, a replica of Gimli's axe from Lord of the Rings. That's class. <laughs> well, I want to know, do they have any, what would the word be? Do they have any, um, like, film, fan, what is it? What would the word memorabilia. be? Memorabilia. Yeah, that's memorabilia, it. Memorabilia, yeah. Fan, fan, film, memorabilia. That'd be yeah. my question. But have they That's got a, a wand, an elder, an elder wand, or you see those <laughs> wands that change the TV, or like there's a wand that shoots that fire paper. <laughs> so the the proper Gimli axe, yeah, you yeah, got it's the... a big bit of kitchen. I get it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. Be sick. I'm a big, big Lord of the Rings fan. Brilliant. That is class. Brilliant. <laughs> They're actually going to make. Oh no <laughs> way! So that, is... <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Is that you chop the vegetables with that, dear? It's not sharp, which is good. Safety. How do you, where do you get that from? What's the story behind I that? Actually, got it. So, one of my mates, right, he buys some strange things and he bought, um, he bought Aragon's sword replica. Which we played it. We played with it in the garden. It's very dangerous. Um, and he was like, "You should get Gimli's axe because Gimli, Gimli's my favourite." So I did. Sick. Do I, I actually it? got it off uh, Etsy. Etsy. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Good bit of kit, that lads. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with us this morning, giving us an insight into Harlequins, being a top bloke and a good laugh. Best of luck for the rest of the season, and hopefully we'll catch up soon. Cheers, lads. Thanks very much for having me. All the best, mate. Cheers. Good to meet you, bud.